Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning, good morning. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course, your smart speakers. The guys are out. We are in. He is Bart Scott, and I am Jen Latta. Happy to be here. Let's get you caught up on some things that happened overnight. In case you missed it, a couple of big wins for the United States. The U.S. men's basketball team with a statement win over Australia, punching its ticket to the gold medal game. That'll be Friday at about 10.30 Eastern. They will play the winner of France and Slovenia. And just a few moments ago, U.S. women's national team beating Australia 4-3. to They'll take bronze in these Tokyo games. I know there was a lot of pressure on them to win gold. A little bit of a disappointment there that they weren't able to nab the gold medal, but taking the bronze in these Olympic Games. So wanted to get you caught up on that. Before we move on to the big game tonight, Bart, no more sleeps. Football is here. No more sleep sleeps. No more sleep sleeps. The time is now. Steelers taking on the Cowboys tonight in the Hall of Fame game. That, of course, in Canton, Ohio. And I know that a lot of people are just excited that football is finally here. You know, our friend Zubin Mahenti sent out a note last night reminding us that this will, in fact, be the longest NFL season in the history of the game. Because, of course, 17 games, 18 weeks, plus the playoffs. Like, this is, this is the start of what is absolutely a marathon. Yeah, absolutely. The marathon, you know, continues. And I, I, I always wonder what would they do um, as far as expand. I think they should expand, like, the roster. You should be able to have your entire roster on game day because I think the battle of attrition, not all things are created equal. Not all uh, play, um, practice squads are created equal. So I think they should open up the game day roster to let, give you the availability and the – resources to be able to to have guys that can take some of these supplemental plays from some of these starters that may play special teams and things like that because I, I get concerned with the workload and we've never seen it before. And the first time you ever do something, that's when you're going to have more injuries. And that's what I anticipate. It's a very interesting thought, absolutely. So of the two of us up here, you are the only one to have played oh. in preseason games. I think so the what people we didn't did, know that. I, I'm sure they didn't. I thought they, I'm sure they were like, Jen, I'm sure you played in a preseason game at some point. Um, so what we did is we went ahead and pulled your stats Oh, wow. From your very first <laughs> NFL preseason game. Evan, you got that for us back there? Oh, man. You, really, Evan? You try First to of all, what do you that? remember about your first preseason game? Oh, man. I, I don't even know who my first preseason game was, but I remember one of my early games was against the Lions. And I remember just running down on kickoff and just like back – that was back in the day where they had like the four offensive linemen with the wedge. They held hands – and that was what you called the wedge buster. And um, it was like bowling pins. You pick the guy in the middle, you hope you can ricochet and take out two for the rest of the guys coming down. So wedge buster means that you're to the kick side, you're the third person uh, from the middle because you count outside in. So you count the first guy, one, two, three. I was the guy that ran up the numbers, and my job was to be a wrecking ball. And I remember the first time I did it, you know what I mean, I knocked some guys down, I was a little woozy because I just went against probably 1,200 pounds of, uh, of man or, or not more. And then the second time I did it, all I remember when I got up, I was facing the other way, and all my ear pads and everything had, got knocked out. But nice. you know, but the but the but the returner was down, and I they I think they were like, listen, this guy is either crazy, dumb, or stupid. And I tell you what, we can use all three of them because he's not he's willing to hurt himself to hurt other people. And I think that's how I earned the respect because that that Detroit Lions and back in the day or the Giants were considered the most dangerous wedges because they basically had all backup offensive linemen 
there and you had to be you had to have a lot of guts to go and, and just not slow down and hit the wedge so according to our stats and research your first career preseason game was on august 9th 2002 oh, the Lions? <laughs> so think about that i mean we're talking about almost 20 years ago bart ah. and you had a sack in that game what do you remember about your emotions because there's a lot of guys who this is the first time they're taking the field as nfl players what do you remember ah. about like the nerves or the anxiousness like yeah. how did that work listen i was listen it was one of those things where, you know, all the veterans, they kind of having fun coming in late, eating their chicken. They know they're not going to play that much. I'm in the corner. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, I'm like on, on, on the movie Belly. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get you beat. I'm going to get you beat. I was sitting there like, you know what? I'm willing to die today. Somebody going to die today. Either, either they going to die or my, I'm going to die. And I remember going in. I remember getting that first sack. It was off Joey Harrington. Um, and it was, it was especially special to me. Joey because, Harrington. Yeah, but it was especially special to me because I'm from Detroit. So my first game, I'm going against my hometown team, you know, which I knew that was going to be barbecue chicken because they always suck, right? And then, you know, <laughs> but the crazy thing is, I remember the second time, I got that sack early, right? And I remember going in the second time, I'm like, man, this is easy. And man, oh man, like that's the first time I, I, I ever realized that the offense lineman combo helps on each other. And then they're actually eyeing the hole and I came through, thought I was going to get another one. Whoopsies! The back of my head hit the ground before the rest Ooh. of my body. One of the guys chipped off and caught me slipping, man. Bill, you talk about the Lions stinking. We are going to hear from uh, head coach Dan Campbell yeah. a little bit later 20 in the years show. and some things have never changed. They're trying to turn things around there, though, in the Motor City. Uh, so the big game is tonight, and we mentioned that it is the Cowboys taking on the Steelers. We do not expect Dak Prescott. In fact, he didn't travel to Canton to play, and we don't expect Be- Big Ben to play They're very much chance. at all. So <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Who do you actually want to see play in this game? If you're not going to get the starting quarterbacks, are you looking for the backup quarterbacks? Yeah. See what they can do. No, nah, I don't care about them. They don't matter because if you're to your backup quarterback, the season's over. It's you know likelihood that a Kurt Warner situation. We will rally around Kurt and we will play good football. It's not going to happen anywhere else in the NFL. That was an anomaly. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking at the tone of these um, the, these defenses, right? I mean, I think we're all intrigued with what the Dallas defense is going to look like. How fast guys like Michael Parsons can play, like the hit stick, the discipline and see if it's any kind of, you know, blown coverages or, or how far have they really gotten, you know, as far as implementing that new Dan Quinn defense. And on the other side, I want to see Najee Harris, right, because you talk about those great linebackers, right, that they're going to have Vanderish, Jalen Smith, and Michael Parsons. Okay, you know, this is a test right out the gate because they couldn't stop the run last year. So now let's see if they can handle a little, you know, uh, pressure downhill, a guy with that's 220, can run behind his pads. Let's see if they're willing to step on the train tracks when the train is coming through. And also, let's see if this Pittsburgh Steelers defensive offensive line can get some movement because they're a team that has a lot to prove because they're the biggest question mark on the on, on the Steelers. We'll take some calls on this all morning long. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, 888-729-3776. For me, it's Najee Harris as well. I exist mostly in the college space, watching him at Alabama. He was obviously a stud and a threat yeah. out there at all times. And the reports out of Steelers camp are that he's been legit. Um, and look, a lot of his success, as you know, is going to depend on that rebuilt offensive yeah. line. But he's a guy who can make something out of nothing. Like oh, yeah. People who have been watching camp 
say, even when there's nothing there, even when there's no hole, there's no real estate, somehow he's able to get positive yardage and yep. evade defenders. So I think Najee Harris could be, and this might seem a little presumptuous, but I think he could be the face of that franchise. Big Ben moving on eventually. Yeah. I mean, and well, again, that, that, that defense is always it's always been defense. You got T.J. Watt there as right? well. You, you think about really, we want to talk about Franco Harris. We want to talk about the bus. Yep. They've usually always been identified. Le'Veon Bell always identified with you know versatile, tough you know running backs. And um, maybe he can be like a guy like Edron James, who always fell forward. And you look up and it's like, how does this dude get a hundred yards? Because sometimes you know the two three yard run is more impressive than the twenty to fifteen yard run. Who are you looking forward to seeing who? tonight in the first game of the preseason, the Hall of Fame game tonight? Cowboys versus Steelers. We're both talking about Najee Harris, but who do you want to see? Who do you want to start figuring out how they're going to contribute to the team? Let us know eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine thirty seven seven. All right, speaking of starting, a future Hall of Famer won't be starting the season for the Colts at quarterback, but who will? We'll discuss that here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. The guys are out, but we are in. He's Bart Scott, and I'm Jen Latta. DoorDash One day here. after Carson Wentz undergoes foot surgery, the Colts all-pro guard Quentin Nelson does the same thing. Carson's was an old injury that cropped up. Hughes was not an old injury. They got there different ways, but essentially the same thing. You can't make that up, right? Yeah, DoorDash here with the summer of Dash Pass. Right now, Dash Pass members are taking $10 off groceries, alcohol, pet food, and more. Need a nightcap? Get $10 off. Got a cough? Get relief delivered for less. Want to surprise your crush? Send a gift and save. Try Dash Pass for free and get a special savings, exclusive menu items, and $0 delivery fees year-round. Get more from your neighborhood now with Dash Pass in the DoorDash app. And stay cool out there. Terms and conditions apply. One day after Carson Wentz undergoes foot surgery, the Colts all-pro guard Quentin Nelson does the same thing. Carson's was an old injury that cropped up. Hughes was not an old injury. They got there different ways, but essentially the same thing. You can't make that up, right? This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
Marshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jen Latta filling in for the guys. Hey, the Colts started the season with an injury to their starting quarterback and starting guard, and we start the day with the latest from Indy. Start the day is brought to you by Indeed. Hire right right now. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. So, of course, we were talking about the injury situation in Indianapolis. Of course, we were debating yesterday which was more impactful for the team, whether it's the starting quarterback or the starting guard who has been an Ironman for that squad uh, in Quentin Nelson. But the timetable for both guys we heard was 5 to 12 weeks, Bart. And an idea that was tossed around was obviously Phillip Rivers. What's he up to? Oh, he's coaching high school football in Alabama. Could he come back and step in here? Yesterday, Chris Mortensen was on on the Max Kellerman show and says he doesn't think that's a legitimate option. I can tell you, having you know, messaged with Philip Rivers last week, he is coaching St. Matthew Catholic High School just like he planned. He will consider, uh, he hasn't ruled out playing late in the season after that St. Michael High School season is over, and that's going to be over in October. So he's not, he's not going to abandon that high school team. He's made a commitment to them. And, and, by the way, it would take Carson Wentz being out for the season. Phillip Rivers is not going to come in and play two or three games for you and then Wentz come back. All right, good stuff there from Chris Mortensen, who joined Max <coughs> Kellerman yesterday. So he's basically saying we should pump the brakes on the Phillip Rivers talk because he, in addition to the fact that he's already committed to coaching this high school team, he, he wants to win a ring. Right, And if he were coming in, he'd only be for a few weeks. Um, Mortensen also saying that he's hearing that that injury to Carson Wentz is probably more on the five-week recovery time than the 12-week on the other end. And you are skeptical. Why? I'm just saying, can we really keep it, keep it real? Like, Philip Rivers don't give a damn about them damn kids. And it came between him playing the game that he loved, man. He'll send them kids a check and tell them he'll be back next year. The, 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 the reality of it is, is how many kids does, does, does Philip Rivers got? Like, like nine. Well, he like got that. about nine kids. So just imagine you, 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 you went from working your ass off your entire life, and then now you have nine kids, and now you're back at home. Do you know how much juicy boxes is there? <laughs> Applesauce. Uh, fr- fruities, apples. Goldfish. Philip Rivers is probably about 400 pounds right now, man. That's what it is. That's why he say, I'll see you guys after the season, because he got to get on a track, man. He got to well, get on a track like the Great White Hype. He's, yeah. like, he's, like, he's, like, he's like David uh, Damon Wayans, man. He got he to hit the track, stop tracing ice cream trucks. Well, stop as playing. every parent knows, you're always finishing the plates, Absolutely. right? My kids leave the waffles on the plates, and I walk through. I'm like, well, somebody's got to eat it. You know how the muffins it. is. You know <laughs> <laughs> them blueberry muffins sit there for Bob. Yeah, exactly. Come on, that's what it is. Okay, but the other thing is that, you know, he doesn't want to come in and be a stopgap. You know, it would mean leaving the high school program that he's coaching for a few weeks because, again, Mortensen saying that it's more of a five-week injury recovery time than the 12 that we heard. It's a 5-12 to 12 this is window. Carson Wentz. Come on, man. When is anything? So they're going to go with Jacob Eason then. They're going to see Jacob Eason. They want to see him versus live reps. They got to know what they've got in him, and this will give them that opportunity this preseason. And again, Carson Wentz could be back for the first week of the season. Nah, I doubt that. Like, when, like, you got to err on the side of caution with Carson Wentz, right? I think Quentin Nelson coming back because he's a tough guy, right? You talk about Carson Wentz, a guy that has struggled with injuries his entire career. And I don't think you force him back on the short end of surgery because this is a marathon. So you rush him all the way back for week one. He does it twice. You injure it twice. It's a wrap, 
right? So you have to be sure that their bone is healed, that he's healthy, that he's confident. You can't rush him back. And knowing that what you're rushing him back to, you're rushing him back to the Rams, you're rushing him back to the Ravens, you're rushing him back to the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. You know, that, those aren't teams that you get healthy against. Those aren't teams that you're going to say, okay, well, I'm going to show my mobility, you know, after or, or trust my foot. You know, you want to let him come back against a soft landing. I think you try and go out and either get Nick Foles or you get somebody that's a little bit better than Eason. Eason may be a great quarterback. This ain't the time to find out if you got aspirations on trying to get above 500 so you can have an opportunity. Right there, even with Carson Wentz, those are possibly five L's. Yeah, early in the season, they absolutely have the gauntlet. You're showing it there. Seahawks, Rams, Titans, at the Dolphins, at the Ravens, which brings us back to the Nick Foles conversation because it just makes too much sense, the familiarity there between the quarterback and the head coach and the offense. But Frank Reich was asked about Nick Foles, and this is what he had to say about him yesterday. This is Carson's team, first of all. I mean, you know, he's our quarterback, (laughs) and we're so excited about having him, and he knows that. This team knows that. When we brought him here, we brought him here for one reason. It wasn't to, com- you know, he's going to compete, but it wasn't for the- He's going to come in here and lead this football team. I don't mind talking about Nick Foles. I love Nick Foles. I mean, he plays for the Chicago Bears and haven't talked to him, but I think he's a great player. I think he's proven that. I think he's a great teammate. There's nothing about Nick Foles I don't like. I think he's a winner. He's certainly a guy that fits our kind of culture, but he plays for the Chicago Bears. We're, we're glad we got the guys we got. And, um, you know, we're focusing on getting our team better. And, um, and, and I'm excited about that and the players that we have. You know, when people start answering stuff that you didn't even ask a question to, like nobody asks if Nick Foles comes, is it an open competition? But he's sitting up there. He's talking to an audience of one. I mean, geez, is Carson Wentz this week mentally? Like, he's like, well, you know, just make this sure this is Carson Wentz's team. Of course it is. Y'all gave up first-round draft picks for him. Of course we know that this is his team. His salary says that it's his team. Why does that need to be said? What's understood don't need to be said. So I think he's trying to make sure to tell Carson Wentz, listen, man, if we bring in Nick Foles, it's still your team. This isn't the ghost of Christmas past. This isn't, you know, Scrooge. He ain't coming to get your spot. We just may need him to get us through. And he's available. And he would be a good backup. If he, if he was your backup, he might be one of the best backups in the league, especially with in that system, a guy that you can trust, a guy not only that you can trust, a guy that you can tailor your offense to what he does well because you know exactly what he does well with the RPOs and how he can get the team going. But this just signals to me, yeah, you might not have called him, but you had some, you know, a friend of a friend relaying messages to him because, listen, they're gushing. They can't even hold their poker face. They're, like, smiling. as it, he, So he, he fits the culture. He's a great guy. All those things. But, you know, he's under contract with the, with the Chicago Bears. For how long? Well, and the issue with the Chicago Bears, of course, is that they have Andy Dalton, who they're saying is their QB1. number one, and then QB1. they've got Justin Fields, who people think will take over at some point this season. So you got Nick Foles just hanging out on the on the roster. You got him just hanging out, right? Holding you, the clipboard. If you can trade him and take that money off of your salary cap, that, that allows you to go out when we have these cuts where, you know, probably the first cut set of cuts, if you really care about somebody and you respect them like Nick Foles, then you cut them early so they can find another job. And that's going to allow you to have that secondary free agent market where you can go out there and you can improve your football team because it's going to be a good player, a good veteran player that may not fit on his current team that can be a a missing piece for your team. Okay, so play GM, play coach for me right now. If you're the Colts and you're running things and Carson Wentz is going to be out, let's say, five to six weeks on the shorter end of that scale, are you going with Jacob Eason? No. Are you 
giving Brett Hundley any reps? No. Or you're going out and getting Nick Foles? You see who we playing? I want somebody that can defend themselves. I don't know if Easton can defend himself, especially I don't know if he can defend himself without the best guard, arguably yep. the best offensive lineman going back to in the game. Injury. Right, so you're talking about you know teams that got good nose guards or got good blitzing linebackers going to give him pressure up the middle. Easton may be a guy with a big, strong arm, but he's not a guy that got that, you know, he, he don't got the dead leg. He can't make you miss in the pocket. He's a guy that can be a sitting duck if you get interior pressure. So against those teams, you think about, okay, well, the Rams, number one defense. Okay, Baltimore Ravens, one of the better defenses. I'm not sitting a young guy there to lose his confidence and for us to say, you know what, you know, this guy can't play. It's, mm. it's not time for him yet to go out there and see if he can play, right? And you don't really have the run game that you will normally have because you don't have the best, you know, pulling guard in all, of the, all the business. That's a good point. You've got a guy in Jacob Eason. You don't want him to lose confidence if he goes yeah. out there and gets just absolutely mauled. We saw what happened to David Carr. He's still he's scared right now. I say, uh, how did Dave? He flinched. Like, man, I ain't going to hit you. What's wrong? What Houston did to that man. Should file charges against them. <laughs> That's great stuff. He is Bart Scott. I'm Jen Latta. We're holding it down for the guys here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, why the Green Bay Packers are finally making progress with their franchise quarterback. That's next here on the show after Bart has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. I bet you David Carr could have used Granger. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. The Aaron Rodgers saga continues. There were some cryptic Instagram messages over the weekend from Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. MJ and Scotty Pippen on a court together. Maybe a last ride and they're out. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. No rapper can rap quite like I can. I take a muscle-bound man and put his face in the sand. I'm the last mafiofa. I'm the MC Rock. I got to say, go L and do the Y. 
Nice little throwback here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jen Latta holding it down for the guys. We just talked about Aaron Rodgers there at the start of this segment. We've been calling it the Green Bays of our lives. You know, like the days of our lives, but it's in Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is indeed back in Titletown after a summer of drama. And, of course, everybody wants to know, can't we all just get along? Because it is quite clear that he has a difference of opinion with the brass, specifically Brian Gutekunst, the GM of the team. So yesterday he was asked what their relationship is like after he was seen talking to the GM on the field during training camp. I definitely hearkened back to that, uh, that summer at various times this year and thought about uh, putting myself in his shoes. What's he got to be feeling? Uh, what are his emotions? How is this for him? And then I just reached out, you know, I, I reached out a number of times, check on him, see how he's doing. Uh, he went through an off season or a, a season last year without, uh, you know, his sweetie. She was, uh, she was over in a different uh, continent, uh, you know, chasing her own dreams. So wanted to check on him, how he's doing personally. And, uh, you know, all the, all the parts of the relationship, the friendship that are important. Um, and also just check in where he's at mentally. Okay, so that Aaron Rodgers talking about Jordan Love, which, of course, Aaron has been on the other side of this whole thing because he went through being the quarterback under center when Brett Favre was vacillating back and forth in the summer of 2008, which is crazy because that was the family night scrimmage, which happens to be this Saturday, this year. So Rodgers saying that he reached out to Jordan Love to just make sure that he didn't have similar anxiety, questions, confusion about what was going on. But yesterday, Rogers was asked specifically about his relationship with GM Brian Gutekunst, and here's what he had to say. It was a little strange, I think, day one, just because I was gone for the entire <laughs> offseason and contemplated my own future and, and the possibility of playing somewhere else as well. But when I'm back here, I'm 100% all in, you know. And you know me, you know what I'm all about. I love my teammates. I love competing. I do love practice. You know, I love the go out and give it to the young corner when I can and, <laughs> and get after these guys, talk a little smack, especially with a new D coordinator in here. we got to let him know how it goes around here. Loves his teammates, love everybody, but he didn't mention management or the organization, which I think is a shot right at Gutenkunz. You know what I mean? So, I mean, listen, it's one of those relationships. You don't have to like everybody you work with. You know, you just got to be respectful when you're there. But, you know, if anybody ever remembers that that um, interview, or not the interview, that moment where Chris Paul's on the uh, on the court and he's smiling, I think it's Doc Rivers, he look at him and then he, then he frown. Like, <laughs> that's Aaron Rodgers every time he goes, hey, 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 jerk. I still don't know what the mechanisms are that they have put in place. I have joked on our show in Milwaukee that maybe there's hallway times. You know, Brian Gutekunst gets to walk uh-huh. down the main hallway from 9 a.m. until noon, and then at 12.01, Aaron Rodgers yeah. gets the hallway yeah. you know, so that they don't cross paths. But they have been seen chatting with each other on the field at training camp. My issue with Rodgers saying that he's 100% all in is if you are, and I'm not saying that you're not, but if you genuinely are, you can't take any more pot shots. You can't take any more jabs. It can't be any more of the underhanded lines. If you're 100% all in, because it, it, it deteriorates what you're working towards. Other guys see that. Other guys think like, oh, this is still going on. Nah, the drama nah, is continuing. Nah. Just, just bite your tongue. And Rogers is, and he talks about the, the strongest people being the silent ones and their strength in silence. Like This is the point where he needs to be able to shut it down. Shut it down. No more snide remarks. No more underhand. No more passive aggressive. Pull the rope in the same direction. Y'all need to be on the same team. And you're shaking your head like you because that's not good no, for business. No, part. no. Keep it going, man. Because guess what he's doing? He's emboldening and empowering 
all the players there, right? He's letting them know, listen, when you got to deal with this jerk, this is how you handle him. I'm going to show you what's going on. Like, he's taking, he's doing all the things that, you know, future stars could be able to make it a little bit easier. See, I think that's so it's, it's, it's like when you have kids, right? Like, it's the first two kids that make it easy for the third kid, the babies of the family, like me. By the time I got there, my mom was tired. She was fatigued. She's like, just, if you want to go, just go. I'm tired, right? So Aaron Rodgers fighting all the fights to change the way they do business around there, and he's doing it so Devontae Adams can go in there and say, man, get my money, I'm out. Like, no, listen, listen. It's, it's just like when Kevin Hart's talking about, you know, taking the trash out, when his dad tells him to take the trash out. Like, you take the trash out before I go get Steve down the street to come kick your butt again. I understand that he has an issue with what he calls the culture, the philosophy, the character of some of the people in the front office. Yeah. But they don't care. They look at their track record of success and say, we've been very successful, Aaron Rodgers, and certainly you are yeah. a big part of right. it. But don't tell us how to manage. Don't tell us how to scout. Don't tell us how to no. put a roster together. No, you got to leave. You got to leave the building better than you found it, right? And they've been going around business the wrong way. They've not been appreciating the sacrifice. Because one thing about the player, right? You know, you can have a general manager that put in the work in the late hours, the coaches putting in the, the, the late work in the hours, but the quality of their life ain't changing, right? The athlete actually loses and leaves a piece of himself on that field. None of us walks away from that field the same, right? And it, it should be a level of appreciation and respect for that, right? And I think especially when you're one of the all-time greats or if you're one of the all-time Packers, you should be treated with a certain way. You should be treated with kid gloves. Not everybody. I'm talking to people that put that real work in. I'm not talking about like uh, – I'm talking about like Charles Woodson. I'm talking about like Clay Matthews. I'm talking about like John Kuhn. Guys who left their quality of life is going to be different because of what they played through and what they put themselves through. And Aaron Rodgers is saying this is how we should be treated and we're not going to be treated like that. Or he's letting guys know that our free agents don't come here because this is how they treat you. So if you want to be able to move into the next millennium, kind of like how Coughlin was, he tried to take when he first got to the, to the Giants and they had to break him, right? He had to change and evolve. Mm-hmm. The organization in Green Bay has to change and evolve about how they treat their players because they're not just robots. They're real, living, breathing people who sacrifice their, their physical health for you so that you can walk around with your championship ring, be, meaning the, and, and you don't have any of the scar tissue. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Okay, so yesterday, Aaron Rodgers was asked about his relationship currently with Brian Gutekunst, and I think this is a sign of progress. Let's take a listen. I think it's a work in progress, for sure. I, I mean, I think, you know, relationships aren't formed uh, in a matter of a couple of days. You know, there's there's time where the respect grows and the, and the communication follows. You know, I think the, the greatest relationships that you have, you know, with your friends and loved ones involve conversations that flow. You know, you can not talk to a close friend for a few months and pick up right where you left off. You know, there's no break in, in communication. There's no um, forced conversations or you got to hit this person up because it's on your to-do list that day. You know, it's all about wanting to have those those conversations and, and wanting to, uh, you know, to be in conversation like that. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we've had a couple conversations and been positive conversations. So to me, that's progress because Aaron Rodgers, notoriously stubborn, Aaron Rodgers chip on the shoulder, Aaron Rodgers in that situation doesn't take a dig. And he also doesn't say, we don't have a relationship or I don't have a relationship with Brian Goodkunst. Remember that very famous interview with Aaron Rodgers from like, I don't know, 10 years ago or so when he was asked about his relationship with Brett Favre? I think it was with like Jeremy Schapp here on ESPN. And he was asked point blank, like, what is your relationship with Brett Favre after Favre had left and forced the trade? And he said, 
I don't have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have easily gone that route, and then the whole thing just starts to mushroom cloud again. But yeah. instead, he says, it's a work in progress. We're working on it, right? Mm-hmm. We have to work together. We both uh, want this organization to have success. And so, hey, we're working on it. Listen, Aaron Rodgers is playing chess, not checkers, right? He knows that if he wants to go where he needs to go, he's going to have to work through Gunukuns. He knows if he wants to get, if he wants to stay, it's going to go through him. So I think, listen, you can have a level of respect, but you got to know how to play people. You got to know how to manipulate people. And he knows that it does him no service. It does him, it doesn't help him or bode well if he's going to continue to dig at him because then he's going to dig in. You understand that the organization is going to always side with management. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, if he decides to leave, you know, that's why you get these tell-all books, right? You know, after the fact. Because you want to get the, your end result. So Aaron Rodgers wants to get his end result, whether it's you know, staying with the Packers or if it's getting traded. So he knows he has to use and manipulate the situation with Golden Coons, and he also has to use the media to say, oh, look how nice Aaron Rodgers is playing into, in, in the sandbox. You know what I'm saying? Listen, we know Aaron Rodgers is a chess player, man. He's a very thoughtful person, and he's just playing them, and that's what you're supposed to do. So then what was the whole point of this offseason? What was the whole point? To get Randall Cobb under center? No. I mean, under center, excuse it, it, me, it, it, un, in, in green and gold? It was an attempt to get out of there. That didn't happen, so he had to go to plan B, right? He couldn't get traded, right? He didn't win the battle. He was trying to get him fired, make the organization pick between him or them, right? They decided to say, Pat, saying, hey, listen, we got control because we have you under contract. So we, is, you got no move there. When he ran out of moves, he said, you know what? I'm out of moves. I'm going to go ahead and come back, right? And Pat Sajak, you're welcome. You don't have to compete with me. You know what I mean? You ain't my competition. I think I'm going to go in and, and compete in that division. So it was all about him trying to get what he wanted. He got the third, the, the last year off his contract, which essentially makes him more, more um, attractive to be traded because now when you go there, you have to redo his deal, and, you know, other teams won't have him under two deals if he's traded and they're going to trade for the current contract. Now he only has one year. So if he gets traded, you're not going to bring Aaron Rodgers there and keep him on that current deal. You're going to extend that deal. Right. So he won in that regard, but he didn't win the battle that he wanted, which was getting traded probably to, to Denver. Because I keep hearing that he's such a smart guy. And you mentioned he's playing check, uh, chess, not checkers. Everybody else is playing checkers. But it feels like he miscalculated the offseason. Because usually he puts himself in a position to win, and he didn't win. He's still in Green Bay yeah. working for an organization or working for he, a management that he doesn't like. But he can win a Super Bowl with. He can, and he likes his teammates. Got his he boy his back. Coaches, and that's it, right? Got his boy back, and he got time left off his contract. And, and he didn't it, have to go through the off-season workouts, which was a big yeah. thing for a veteran I mean, as well. He didn't, he didn't have to do that anyway. So, And he's also going to get traded, or he set himself up to get traded Right, because he can say, "Hey, I did everything I was supposed to do. I gave you my all. Get me out of here." And knowing that they have to respect that, right, and knowing that they have to have a plan to respect that, I'm sure they know Aaron Rodgers' teams that he wants to go to right now. And I'm sure his agent is going to continue to update them throughout the season if he's going to get traded. And his agents having those back backdoor channel, yep. back channel conversations with organizations, and I guarantee you, guys aren't going to say it. But if we know, like, oh, LeBron James is going to be a free agent, maybe, and teams are gearing up for him just in case, you know other teams in the NFL are gearing up for that, for that case as well. And maybe that's the subject that we should discuss. Where would be some great local, uh, destinations to Aaron Rodgers, and where should he go later? Oh, what a tease, Bart. Are we going to discuss that later in the show? Absolutely, we are going oh, wow. to talk about where, what say the people too? where Aaron Rodgers should go once he is done in Green Bay. 
away theoretically after this season. You know, they talk about um, how he wa- he wants to be the smartest guy. And he talks about silence being smart at times. This is why I go back to if you say you're 100% all in, if you say that you want the team to have success, you love your guys, you love your coaches. Yesterday he went on about his relationship with Matt LaFleur as well, talking about how they figure out the plays. They did a lot of Zooms in the offseason leading oh, really? up to last season. And they worked did they, together. Did they work on that play like on third and five? Like, hey, we, we, we're See, not going to go that's, forward No, but down. that's what I'm talking about. You can't keep bringing that stuff up. You can. You can do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, you got to move past that stuff. It can't always be other we, people's we've all faults. Been, we've all been in relationships. You forget. You never forget. You forgive. You never forget. So every once in a while, you're like, oh, we're going to go forward on four. I, I would love the first time that they go forward on fourth down. And he looks at LaFleur like, really? Now we're going to go forward on fourth down? Like, bro, this is, this is a regular season game. Really? you got to turn the page on that no! stuff. And that's why I say, I know you're saying keep it real, but keeping it real can go wrong. And I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're the leader of this team, and it's time to just quiet. Keep, it, keep your mouth shut. If you can't say something mm. nice, don't say it at all, because I think it has the potential to be a toxic environment. I don't want players having to choose between their boss, their head coach, and, and all the people who are running the organization, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and that's going to be up to Aaron Rodgers. That's Rogers where we're to, different at. That's what we're doing. You like the conflict. Oh, I'm like, I'm like that. Who's coming with me? I'm like, I'm like that. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, who's You're coming with me? holding up the goldfish. Yeah, who's coming who's with coming me? With me? You know what I'm saying? Those who stay won't be champions. <laughs> of course, the, he uh, famously got fired because he said the things that we do not say, right? He wrote the manifesto and expected everybody to be on board, and they all were like, <laughs> nah, man, we're going to keep the job security. That has been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Okay, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is brought to you by Nat Geo. Download the Overheard podcast for curiously delightful conversations overheard around National Geographic's headquarters. Hmm. Presented by City Advantage Platinum Select Card, the card built for your next adventure. And the one-two. Swing and a miss. Ten strikeouts. Max Scherzer in his Dodgers debut. With a brisk walk back to the third base dugout. Side retired. That is Roxy Bernstein on ESPN Radio. We are joined now by our guy. You got to turn that up. You got to bring him in right now. You got to let this breathe now. You know what I'm saying? Because this is one of the best insiders of all the sports, not Mm -hmm. just baseball. This dude is one of the number one. He's so inside of the outside. That's right. He's a black hole. Buster Bust. What it do, Buster Bust? What up, baby? It is Buster Olney. What it is, what it is. insider. I love it when Buster says what it is, what it is. Yeah, that is a great way to start the day. Okay, so obviously a lot of eyes on Max Scherzer last night making his debut for the Dodgers. Uh, And he had 10 strikeouts, got the win. What did you take away from that outing? That he is a perfect fit for this type of situation. You know, the hired gun who's high, who's traded in midseason drops into a new place because Max, Max is a technician at heart. You know, in the way that he prepares, in the way that he pitches, he uses analytics more than any other pitcher that I've ever talked to uh, in attacking hitters. But there's also a great part of Max that feeds off the adrenaline. And, boy, that was the case last night. You know, he's pumping fastballs. He's striking guys out. Uh, responding to the crowd, uh, and then to, for him to – I mean, think about someone who's been in the game that long, a future Hall of Famer, to say after the game that he's never been called out for a curtain call by the crowd, hmm. which makes sense because it's a starting pitcher and that's not something you're normally going to be brought out for. But for have Clayton Kershaw, another future Hall of Famer, to, to nudge him back out there and for him to get that opportunity to have that wave, he is absolutely a perfect fit for the Dodgers in this moment. 
Uh, does, does that acquisition make them the favorite? And what's the latest on um, Trevor Bauer? Do we expect to ever see him this season? Um, the, the, the reality is uh, in the baseball calendar that time is running out for him. Uh, you know, he still has this hearing coming up, um, and he's got to get through all that. And even if there weren't any delays, he'd be running out of time because at some point he would have to ramp back up to be able to pitch. Uh, I, I know from talking to people within the Dodgers organization, uh, they're, they're not any confidence whatsoever that he's going to pitch this year, and there's an open question as to whether or not he's ever going to pitch for the Dodgers again. Buster Olney joining us here, our ESPN Baseball Insider. Um, this is a conversation that I heard yesterday on Mike Greenberg's radio show, Greeny. He was talking about the fact that Miguel Cabrera is just two home runs shy of the 500 home run club. And startlingly, we haven't really been talking about it all that much. And in previous years, maybe even previous decades, this would be something where there would be, you know, tickers, there'd be a countdown, we'd be following it very closely, seeing if he could kind of enter that rare air. Why are we not following this the same way we followed other milestones in baseball? Yeah, Jen, I think there are a few reasons for it. One, you know, the Tigers are not, uh, you know, top of mind for people. They have not been competitive in recent years. I, I think the erosion uh, of his play in recent years has contributed to that. You know, for year after year after year, he was the guy who was going to throw out a three twenty batting average and 130 RBI, and he can, you know, he would compete for a triple crown. He's much less than that, you know, as he's gotten older. His performance is, has uh, has dropped a lot. And the other thing, too, is that I just think that, you know, compared to 30 years ago, the magi- the majestic nature of numbers like 500 and 3,000 has uh, also been eroded because of what uh, we saw in the steroid era. I don't think people, you know, when I was growing up to get 3,000 hits, I mean, that was a mountaintop. Mm-hmm. To get 500 home runs, that was a mountaintop. And, you know, the, the cool thing is, I think at some point, um, you know, when he gets elected to the Hall of Fame and he should be unanimous selection, that's when people at that point, I think, will really take a step back and and remember just what a preeminent player he was in baseball and among his peers, so highly regarded because of his hitting acumen. Yeah, um, being a Tigers fan, you know, that's where – careers go to die right now. Right now they're trying to rebuild and trying to find themselves. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Albert Pujols and some of the milestones that he hit. Right. You know, they weren't meaningful because they weren't in contention, you know, every year. I want to ask you about Jacob DeGrom and, um, you know, how, how your level of concern with him being able to get back, you know, in September and if this team will even still be in contention as, you know, that, that lead that they've had is starting to shrink and they didn't go out and get an arm to really help that, you know, bolster that, that starting rotation. Yeah, and on a scale of 1 to 10, my concern about DeGrom is a 10. Um, And I say this all the time. Teams are not obligated to tell us exactly what's going on with the player's injury situation. The player's not obligated to tell us. um, And we as members of the media, as fans, we're not obligated to believe what they tell us. Um, And let's face it, you know, he's had so many stops and starts, so many injury issues. Uh, I always go back in his situation to what you know, I've been told by many surgeons who perform Tommy John surgery. Uh, look, uh, if a guy uh, has Tommy John, typically there's a period of about seven years, and then the tread starts to go off the tire on that procedure. Well, he had his procedure in 2010. That's 11 years ago, and earlier this year he was throwing 
harder than any starting pitcher in the history of baseball. And you wonder if, you know, that situation uh, is uh, behind all of these stops and starts. DeGrom talked very confidently the other day about how he's going to, it feels like he's going to be able to pitch as we go down the stretch. Um, he spoke very confidently earlier this year before he had repeated breakdowns. The Mets are a very different team without Jacob DeGrom on it, uh, you know, and it, to me, the National League East is wide open right now. Now, the great thing is, is that their offense could get better. Francisco Lindor could return to that lineup. Javier Baez has been tremendous since he's joined the team. Neither the Phillies or the Braves are immortal clubs, uh, clubs that are chasing them. But it's far from a lock that the, Bra- that the uh, Mets will win that division. He is Buster Olney. He joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Very quickly, Buster, Anthony Rizzo has become the first Yankee to have an RBI in his first six games with the franchise. Uh, He's just been crushing it since making the move over there. What have you made of the Yankees' turnaround since the deadline? Yeah, well, he has totally energized them and given everything that they've been looking for. I think he's been re-energized by going to a different place. I mean, he was a classic change of scenery guy. And, Jen, for the life of me, you know, for the rest of my life uh, covering the sport, uh, I will never understand why the Red Sox weren't the team to make a deal for Rizzo. It would have been perfect for them. Yeah, so that's what they needed, and obviously he has a history with that organization as well. Would have been great. All right, he is Buster Olney. He comes to us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Samsung Galaxy. You won't be able to go back to mediocre after this. Are you ready for this life? Find out at Samsung.com slash reserve. Thanks, Buster. See you guys. All right, Bart mentioned it. Where, 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 where will Aaron Rodgers play in 2022? And as someone from Wisconsin, I feel like I've got a little bit of a uh, insight into this. I've got Uh-oh. your answer next. KJZ on ESPN Radio. He's Bart Scott. I'm Jen Latta. We're holding it down for the guys. We've been asking you all morning, what players are you most looking forward to watching in the preseason? Give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776.